This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Josh Wiggler here with a special bonus edition of the Succession Podcast. It's time for some feedback. The reaction to Succession Season 3 has been so huge that what are we supposed to do? Not do a bonus show? So that's what we're doing this week. We've got a bonus show coming your way right on the heels of Season 3, Episode 2, Mass in Time of War. It's just me, uh, no Jess, no Grace, no one else except... For the person who pioneered the Succession podcast here on Post Show Recaps all the way back in the day. You go back in your <laughs> podcast feed. You go back. What, what year was that? It went back it in my feels day. like centuries it ago. It does feel like hundreds of years ago yeah. mm-hmm. that we launched the, the Succession podcast here on Post Show Recaps. Uh, it was myself, my lovely wife, Emily Fox, who's already laughing. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> Uh, and once upon a time, it was her and I making the, putting the boar on the floor and making the succession podcasts. And what were we going to do? Go through all of season three without checking in with Miss Fox. So that's what we're doing today. Emily, how's it going? It's going well. I'm really loving season three. You are. Uh, yeah. it has been really, really fun. Uh, obviously the show has just been amazing and just totally on fire coming back. Uh, for its third season but it's been really really excellent like the show comes on on Sunday nights and like we drop everything that we are doing to like make sure that like we are in like primo position to watch season three I mean I wouldn't say we're super busy on a Sunday night but yeah we do drop everything like we'll just like make sure that like we're really planning. I'm like, it. what are we doing Sunday night? I don't know. Um, Winding down, crochet. having the Sunday scaries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you well, you work on a Sunday yeah, now. Yeah, I, I do. Um, your life has gotten very busy. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot going on. Uh, you're the one making the proverbial donuts these days. I am, and I'm not sending them to our. I don't know. <laughs> our enemies. Our enemies. Uh, our children. Or, or just who trying are to plotting threat- against us. Generally, <laughs> trying to threaten people with cinnamon rolls and donuts is not a thing that you are currently actively 
aspiring to do, though perhaps, who knows? I think baked goods are a great technique of trying to push opinion, but possibly in the positive way yes. and not so negatively. Fair enough. Because that's a waste of donuts. Who's going to eat those? Nobody. Indeed. A very it's good question. It's upsetting to me. They, they might be delicious. So we've got Emily on here for what may be our inaugural feedback show. We'll see if people are enjoying this. Do you want an extra succession podcast in the week? Then we can make it happen. Um, if you want to get your feedback in, uh, you can send that my way. You can email me. Josh at postshowrecaps.com is the easiest way to do that. You can send in your feedback that way. I will see your email. We will talk about your email on the Succession Feedback Show. You can also tweet at me at Round Howard is another easy way uh, for us to, to, to get your feedback on to the podcast. Um, Emily Fox, just generally speaking, you're loving season three so far. It kind of feels like we just hit the ground running, which Typically, Succession is a pretty fast-paced show anyway, especially when you're talking about all the different power dynamics that are at play. But this really feels like you're just in it and you're feeling all the feelings. You're watching everybody behave poorly within seconds of each other. It's just a lot of back and forth, a lot of sort of strategic thinking, calling people out, being backstabbing. Um, it's it's just all of those delicious things in, in two episodes so far. Do you far. think, uh, was it a surprise to you that the show, when it came back, came back uh, basically immediately following on the heels of what had happened in the season two finale? Like maybe an hour of time passes, like, cause you gotta <laughs> get, you have to get Logan and the rest of the Roy's onto those helicopters off the boat and onto those helicopters. And Kendall seems like he's been in the bathroom for a minute. <laughs> um, but like, other than that, like, right. Like we just launched directly into it. Was it, was that surprising to you in any, any way? No, I think logistics aside, that's what really captures a lot of the viewers from, from what I can tell. I think everybody loves, you know, how quickly things devolve. <laughs> And that's part of the, the, the beauty of the show. It's not quite real time, No, it's Emily, definitely not. It's not like 24, which um, is but what, it kind of felt like it the last two episodes combined. Which is what Emily and I have been <laughs> podcasting about recently. Like, right. if you are a longtime uh, post-show recap succession fan and you've been wondering where Emily Fox is, Emily Fox is currently uh, co-hosting Worst Day Ever, a 24 rewatch podcast. <laughs> a show I never anticipated to watch. Yeah, the premise <laughs> The premise of that podcast is I've seen 24 a million times. Emily Fox is watching 24 for the very first time. Uh, and we're doing like short and hilarity burst podcasts. Ensues. Yeah. Hilar- madness for sure ensues. Yes. So if you're a 24 fan and you didn't know that that podcast existed, check it out. Search for 24 Worst Day Ever. Uh, in your podcatcher of choice. Um, Emily Fox and I still have two more episodes of season one to release as podcasts. Mm -hmm. They're already recorded. Yeah. Which means you've seen all of season one of 24 as we're talking right now. I have. No spoilers for those of you who've held off since 2001. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But but like I did, this is something that uh, Jess Sterling and Grace Leader and I have been talking a bit about um, in the podcast is Mm -hmm. like, one of the things that like I feel like I have forgotten about succession until like the show comes back and you're reminded of it is like not a lot of time has passed. Like yeah. things do move slowly. And I think that there's been a little bit of discourse recently that um uh feels a little bit like uh people are like a little frustrated maybe with the pacing that's like almost too slow. Whereas like what, I really What's wrong with that though? You need yeah. to see everybody at play. I feel like that's part of the magic of this is like seeing everybody angling and doing it so 
you know, sort of in depth and in real time. I think that's, I mean, that's typically how this stuff actually goes. So why not, you know, capitalize on that? Yeah, I think like uh, I I want to spend time with these characters. Yeah, I mean that's the point. I mean, it, it, <laughs> the more time you spend with them, the more you realize just how horrible each one of them well, can be. I don't know that I need too much more help. Yeah, thinking no. that they're terrible. <laughs> like I feel like I've got it. But uh, I I love their dialogue. Yeah, I think that is something that you know is sort of similar in other shows like Billions, maybe, but. It's it's one of those billions things. is almost cartoonish. I know billions way. is very hilarious. Um, but this Emily, when is the billions podcast happening? <laughs> the billions podcast would literally be me and you being like, I don't really know what happened, but I think I know what happened. Um, no, I what I love about this is is it just feels very real and how they talk to each other. And why would we skim over that when such crazy stuff is in the midst of happening? Like, yeah, we know how sort of dysfunctional everybody is between each other, but to watch one sibling after another kind of wander into Kendall's ex-wife's apartment and be like, hey, I'm here for a different reason, and then them playing off of each other and trying to figure out each one's move, it's almost like watching a poker game. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. As someone who's just recently seen Rounders <laughs> for the first time. Wow. Yeah. When's the Rounders podcast coming out? Never. I know. It's not it's happening. It's not worth it. <laughs> I think as far as the dialogue, uh, this was like a really, really strong episode for like what you come to succession for, which are these like really big character rich, like uh, tons of people in a in a room together, like trying to outsmart each other. Yeah. Uh, and like undercut each other maybe is even more uh, mm-hmm. than outsmarting each other. But there's so much of that in this past week's episode, Mass in Time of War, uh, the second episode of the season, um, which almost feels like part two of the premiere. Yeah, In definitely. a lot of ways, because like now like, this is the one where like the 24 isms come out for mm-hmm. me, Fox, because it's like, uh, like it takes place immediately after the first episode, which takes place immediately after the last episode of season two. Yeah. There are phone calls where it's like, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Yes, exactly. No <laughs> split screen, uh, as far as we could tell. No. Um, but very much like centering on, um, the Roy siblings and yeah. like that interaction between, uh, the four kids, uh, and, uh, calling them kids is really like part of the problem i think Uh, absolutely these are adults they are grown adults they They are adults legally yes but you know their like their familial patterns are so childish the ways in which they they like they like you just said they undercut each other it's just so palpable and so real in a lot of ways (laughs) when you think about it like them just consistently leaving Connor out of the conversation, even though he's right there. Not wanted. Yeah. Being really mean to Roman and then talking about how mean they are to Roman, even though one of them calls out the other and then being like, oh, you know what? Fine. Roman can handle it. Yeah. You know, all of these little isms and ways in which they are just manipulative and nasty and know which wounds to poke. It's so compelling. It's the, the way that you really only can with family. Right? Yeah. Or, and, or and like someone you know like in, insanely, right. intimately well. And it's so brilliantly written. Like you could needle me like this for sure. Well, yeah. I've known you for 15 <laughs> years. Yeah, so yeah. I've been together with you for 15 yeah. years. I've known you for 18 yeah. years. Yeah. So I love the dynamics that you see in this and, and sort of the ever-present tension and discomfort and God, I don't even know. Just Kendall rising 
you can see it's almost like the temperature going up in the room and him being like, okay, so what are we doing here? Are we doing this? Come on, are you with me? He just wants a fast answer. Yeah, and obviously that's never going to come out of this. Like, you can't capsize the boat and be like, all right, cool, you guys good? Like, no. <laughs> We're not good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too complicated. And, you know, thinking that you can just completely disregard everybody else and think they're going to be with you at the end of the day when Logan is who he is, is the funniest thing to watch because we all can kind of feel it, right? Like we're sitting on the edge of our seats wondering what people's answers are going to be. But, you know, ultimately the overarching figure in all of this is consistently Logan. Yeah. Uh, no it- donut is going to, you know, like like poisoned or not like they're gonna be like oh it's dad you know what i mean yeah yeah uh so i mean like there's there's a lot of that that's going on in this episode of like really leaning into like i i loved that about this one of like um there's there are global ramifications to what kendall did but what does it look like in their internal world like what does it look like inside the family unit um, because like as awful as these people are and as much damage as they've created for the world writ large, I think part of what makes the show so relatable is how you can like you can you can apply like your own familial relationships uh, to the show in certain regards or at the very least like if it's not yours, you know of the dysfunctional yeah. family. Uh, yeah. And so like I think like, Getting to like really sp- like last week felt like um like the first episode was really a lot of like moves 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 like moves need to be made who's gonna get to who first like who's gonna get Lisa Arthur the high profile attorney first um like who's gonna go to whose side who can Kendall scoop up um and a lot of people coming to Kendall and wanting to work with Kendall and Logan really feeling rudderless like those are like sort of like the bigger pictures of like who's gonna be CEO it's gonna be Jerry first of all do you like Jerry as the pick. I feel bad for Jerry uh-huh. um, because whoever gets picked at this point in time is just, you know, doomed. yeah, they're doomed. And so I feel bad for Jerry, but Jerry also picked this life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jerry's oh, I held know. on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She chose this. <laughs> yeah. She chose this. She chose this. Um, but like that was what the first part of like, if, if you look at this as like a two part act, right. Yeah. Of like secession episode one and then mass and time of war episode two. Like if you look at those two together, um, I think that the first one was really about like sort of like those, that bigger picture positioning. And this one was really about like Kendall, like Kendall, needed to get the people that he got in episode one on his side. And I'm tempted to say that then like he wanted to get his family on his side in episode two. But I actually do think like for Kendall, he needed it because it's that validation. Like yeah. you need that validation from your family. Which and that's he hasn't gotten historically. Yeah. You know, he was fed to the wolves time and time again because he was the good boy that was compliant. Yeah. So yeah. Very, 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 very (laughs) tense. All right. We've got a ton of feedback. We'll use that to guide our conversation moving forward. First, we're going to throw it to our sponsors for this episode of Post Show Recaps real quick. We will come back in just a moment. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, and we're back. Uh, we've got a bunch of feedback that we want to get through for this episode of the Succession Podcast, Emily Fox. Uh, the first uh, bit of feedback comes our way from your friend and mine. We call her QFD in the Post Show Recaps patron community, Deidre. Ah. Uh, Deidre doesn't have a question. She just says, yes. <laughs> That's at the announcement that you would be on the podcast. Oh, love that. Yeah. Thanks, Deidre. Uh, so people are, people are psyched uh, to have you on the podcast. Um, Emily, it maybe uh, should come as no surprise that um, why don't you remind the people what it is that you do? Uh, give us a career update since people last heard from you. Um, so the last two years have been really difficult because of obvious things. Uh, but I've sort of pivoted into the personal chef world. Yes. So I'm cooking a lot. You're for cooking people. a lot. Yeah. So given that, um, lots of questions about food. Oh, yeah. Well, many questions about uh, uh, the donuts. <laughs> The aforementioned donuts. Okay. Um, Brendan Fitzpatrick asks the all-important question, uh, donuts or cinnamon rolls? I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of vibe you're going for. Yeah. I'm, I love both. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I find a donut easier and more portable. Who are you trying not to offend right now is my question, Emily Fox. How are you being fancy fencerton on the question of donuts or cinnamon rolls? I mean, I think I like donuts more because there's a lot more you can do with a donut in terms of flavors. Emily, you definitely like donuts more than cinnamon rolls. Yeah, I never get cinnamon rolls. What is this? What are you trying to filibuster out your answer to donuts or cinnamon rolls? uh, Okay. You can have a cake donut. You can have a yeasted donut. (laughs) Cinnamon rolls are just yeasted, so. What about like a cinnamon donut? A cinnamon donut's good. Yeah. Yeah, if you had some apple cider with it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Sam wanted to know, what would your food of choice be if you were trying to intimidate someone? If you were in the Logan Roy spot and you're trying to send a message, what is it that you would send, Fox? Would you send a box of donuts? Because, like, donuts implies that you i don't know it's kind of like a like a doughy sweet confection to send to somebody mm-hmm. is it supposed to be construed is it as like, like i'm trying to raise your blood sugar so you die <laughs> i'm trying to kill you with donuts i don't know or is it more along the lines of like do you send something that's a little more offensive and intense? Whoa, what's like an offensive thing that you would send if you're Logan? I mean, it's, is he trying to like send them anything offensive? Isn't he trying to like infantilize them? Yeah, that's kind of the move, right? So you could send them like, I don't know, some chicken fingers or something. <laughs> some chicken McNuggets. Oh, my God. Because like you're showing like what you'd be willing to do to them, too. Or if you just like, sent like a glass of milk. A gl- like Four a, glasses of yeah. milk. Uh, in like a, like plastic cups with, with like a, wrap. a swirly straw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that your children. I drink your milkshake. Yeah. I drink it up. There you go. Um, I would think like maybe a cake that you could uh, write a message on the cake. 
you know, in the frosting. Well, it is late at night. Are you going to find a bakery that'll do that for you? He found a donut place. I mean, donuts are easier to send. He's though. also one of the wealthiest humans on the planet. Yeah, Logan he Roy. could find somebody if he paid them enough. He's they probably. Would do it. Um, Scott asked, uh, "How sure are you that the donuts weren't poisoned?" That's are you 98% sure that the donuts aren't poisoned? Like I said, are you going to find somebody that, like last minute to poison some donuts? Like that requires a little bit more foresight to mm-hmm. be able to like cook them with poison in them, I would assume. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I pick that your, would be Pick hard. your poison. What I, kind of poison are you using? Is it just like something you sprinkle on top? Like I do. Think also, do you want to kill all of your kids? I feel like or anybody else. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that, like, they've covered up as a company, so I guess it's just one more notch on the belt, but... <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to poison your whole family. Yeah, probably best enough. And not I do to. I do think, to your point earlier, I think, like, finding uh, finding the, uh, the, the combination Baker-Assassin <laughs> on yeah. such short notice would have been a challenge. Yeah. Um, although, maybe you just, like, send off, like, an assistant to, like... Go find a box of donuts with like a way we're way past the expiration date on the box of donuts and take that sticker off and or like even like take <laughs> what them, a mean thing to do. Like those things last a really long time. They're just of, filled with sugar. Yeah. When does a donut expire? Is my question. I mean, it's filled with sugar. It depends on if it's got like a cream filling. Yeah. But I wouldn't eat it past a couple of days if it's just been out room temp. Okay. If it's in the fridge, it can last a little bit longer. Like how long? Just asking, just I don't in know, case. Like a week. Like, okay. but even then, you're probably fine. These things are loaded. So, yeah. um, a more kind of devious thing you could do is like put something gross on the donuts. Like what? I don't know. I don't want to think about yeah, it too hard. I mean, you can if you want to, but like, I'll just leave it at that. So we were talking <laughs> on the podcast this week, Emily, about like how Logan knew that everybody was at uh, Rava's place, like to even um, send uh, the donuts to Rava. And so we started wondering, like, is there a mole? Is somebody like leaking information from that, you know, that quartet of the Roy kids to to Logan this was the take from Lemon Cicada wrote in and said my take is there's no mole that Logan deduced that since he couldn't get a hold of any of the kids that they were with Kendall he gambled in sending the donuts because he knew it would spook them and if the kids weren't there no harm no foul but they but they were there and he sunk Kendall's play yeah um does that sound right to you as for how the donuts wind up in the possession of the Roy siblings that that he's just like taking a shot in the dark yeah, that, that they're at Rava's house off. though that doesn't sound far off to be perfectly how honest. does he know that they're at Rava's house well here's the thing Tom can't get a hold of her either there's like this whole waiting game where everyone's like where's Shiv where's Shiv where's Shiv and like he finds out from Greg right so he knows from Greg. Right. But di- we didn't see anything where like Tom no. told Logan that Shiv is at Kendall's. But you can read In Tom. In fact, like he like held that back. Yeah. But you can read Tom like a book. Yeah. It's pretty obvious when he's uncomfortable, when something's happening and he kind of knows a lot. Like he's not cut from the same cloth as the Roy kids. Yeah. So I think there's a part of that that's pretty obvious um you know roman not being around everybody kind of like just not being with logan i think it's not 
that crazy for Logan to deduce that they're all together. No, I don't think so. I think like the thing that has been like a little bit harder for me to wrap my head around is like, how does he know that they are at Rava's place specifically? Like Kendall and Rava are not together anymore. I think like you could probably just like get like, it's easy to get lost in this and I don't think it's worth it. I don't think the shit like this is obviously a very clever show, but I don't think that they're like trying to like do like a big, like we're outsmarting the viewer type of thing. No, but like, where's the soft place for him to land? Right. And I think like Rava's always been that way. Rava still comes to holiday events with the kids. He sides on his, you know, like we've watched Kendall protect his kids in the face of Logan, which he should, he's their father. But like, you know, I don't think that there is all love lost between him and Rava. And if anything, this happened so quickly that he doesn't have time to really think about where he's going to set up shop. And it makes sense because he kind of is a straight shooter. He's easy to read on this. That Kendall is easy. Yeah. To read. Interesting. Think about it. Uh, if you know your son that well and he's that compliant, what's he going to do that's going to like throw everybody, throw everything on its head? He's probably going to retreat to some place that seems safe. And Rava was always on his side about this stuff. Yeah. It's probably easy enough for Logan to have someone with eyes on Rava's. Totally. uh, They could have been following him this whole time. Yeah. Um, This is from Marissa. Speaking of Rava, Marissa had asked, what is Rava up to while Kendall has taken over her house and uh, Sophie's room? Yeah. Where are the kids? Uh, That's what I was trying to figure out. Where is Sophie? Do you think that he actually (laughs) forgot Sophie's name or is uh, he just like cracked out right now? Do you feel like that was like an ad lib? Uh, I think it's like a it from uh, from Kieran Culkin. Yeah. You mean? Yeah, I think it could be. I love that. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, he's very quippy on this. Um, no, I think it's it's weird that she gives him this amount of space and lets him take over to this extent. But like I said, I don't think all love is lost here. I think there's a level of her wanting him to kind of pursue this, knowing he's been wronged so many times, and it's probably led to the destruction of their marriage to a certain extent. Sure. Um. But yeah, I don't know where the hell they are. Did they go to the panic room, maybe? Like, is there, is there, do they have a panic room like in the movie? Wouldn't panic that room? be cool if they did? Jared Leto is going to show up with the with the weird hair <laughs> with, and like yeah. Forrest Whitaker. Uh, that would be wild. That'd be a I very surprising development. Yeah, we've it's already strange. done the safe room episode, Emily, yeah. last season. Are mm-hmm. we going to go back to that well? Yeah, for I season know. three. I don't know. Uh, seems like that would be uh, that would be a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Do we need to like go right back to the panic room? Probably not. <laughs> um, a lot of other questions that we've got uh, for this episode of the podcast. Uh, let's take it to your friend in mind, the great Dr. Amanda. Yes. Uh, who was so good on the first episode recap that we did this season. Dr. Amanda wrote in and says, um, do we think that Kendall really has the papers, the cruise papers, the thing that this whole thing is built on? Uh, she asks, does Greg have the papers? Is whatever Greg salvaged from Tom's paper burning as incriminating as Kendall is banking on? I think that this is a really interesting question um, because like Shiv wants to see the stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Kendall just leaves out the manila envelope that says F you or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so like we haven't seen that. And then like Kendall and Greg are talking Kendall has said that he's got photocopies. We have not seen that process at all. We don't know if that's actually true. Um, And we don't know necessarily what is in the papers that Greg himself salvaged and photocopied. Is it possible that we're going to get into this place, Fox, where we will like 
look at that stuff and see that like Greg took actually, the wrong thing or yeah. That it's like not quite as uh as as sharp as we've been led to believe. I mean, watching how everything has sort of played out for Kendall so far, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Because this was just such a hurried, drastic move, which to be fair, I think in some ways had to happen this particular way in order to blindside Logan. But Kendall has a history of kind of messing up. Yes. And this would be a huge blunder on his part and not... To have not properly vetted this. To have not properly vetted this, to have thought he was sitting on a gold mine or figure out something that's going to really tear everything apart and then to look back and realize that he was on some sort of bender or like really manic when he thought he had it and he doesn't have it anymore or it's been destroyed behind his back... All of these different scenarios, because this is such a dramatic show, and I always feel like there are three other people who are thinking the exact same thing, but have taken steps to do X, Y, and Z behind the character we're watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. So Um, I think that there's like a real possibility. (laughs) And Greg, as much as we love Cousin Greg, is not the brightest bulb when it comes to this stuff, and he tries to be extraordinarily earnest, yet like not picking sides. And I feel like that's going to come and really bite him in the yeah, ass. Yeah, talk to me a little bit more about where <laughs> we're at with Greg the Egg. Uh, Greg the Egg, who is feeling like he's in the loincloth, surrounded by everybody <laughs> armored up. He needs a lawyer. He's. Gonna, I loved that so much. <laughs> he's going to cousin, uh, to, to Grandpa Ewan. Uh, he's trying to get uh, get some help there. And so he ends up with the guy who's like, uh, you're going to be the shoehorn to like open up the, you know, we're going to pave the way for a new liberal utopia. Like the, the stakes seem to be so high in terms of what's being put on Greg in how much, uh, how hot is the water that Greg is in right now? I mean, he's say? basically backed into a corner uh-huh. looking for a soft place to land and like no one's going to give him that. No, not at all. There's an asterisk at the end of every conversation he has where it's like, can we trust this person who's talking to you? Can you move forward confidently knowing that you're going to be taken care of? No, you are a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> yeah. And it's a matter of like where the cards fall for you. Um, even cause his grandfather's kind of like, all right, relax, like get away from me. Does you he, know? <laughs> does he need to, uh, does he just need to pick a side here? Should he just be like either like going all in on Kendall or all in on Logan? Like probably the real move was that like when he had the chance to just leave this yeah, place, bow out. Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and like live his life and like not be so worried about all of this stuff and just like. He was he was coming into money from you and like he should have just waited that out like and just like <laughs> live like a life that isn't so overly aggressively ambitious with these horrible people. Well, but you, that choice is gone. Well, we saw him at the start of this entire series being like a nobody. Yeah. And to suddenly put on, you know, a, a pressed suit, show up in shiny shoes, feel like you're part of like the conference room sitting at the board table. Um, even testifying in Congress, which, you know, all of these He's been there too many times for someone so young. (laughs) You know, it's just mounting stress for him, but I think it's addictive in the same way that we see with the other characters, but it's not sort of innately known the same way that they know it. Yeah. Um, But it's it's like, how close to the sun do you want to fly? Yeah. You know, how many times... Which sun? Which sun? Kendall or Roman? Yeah. And and how many times... Sorry, how how rude of me to uh, leave out Connor. Exactly. But how, you know, how many times do you want to get burned, too? Because this family does not care. 
they will chew you up and spit you out, even if you are related. Yeah. You know? You're not a protected child of the Roy clan. You are somebody on the outskirts. You're a peripheral peripheral character. So it's tough for him. You feel for him, but you're also like, oh, to man. To some extent you do, yeah. You some know, extent, yeah. like, what would you do in that scenario? I would never engage. I would probably still be in a costume at a theme park being like, nope. <laughs> yeah. That's a little too intense for me. Um but who knows? We've come a long way since he was uh, super high in that mascot yeah. uniform barfing in the yeah, helmet. Yeah, um, yeah. He cleans up nice. But, uh, you know, would you trade that space with him? I don't know. Because this is just a very crazy pressure cooker for him. So that's that's Greg and sort of like how worried <laughs> are we for Greg and like how much are we feeling for Greg? I feel like when we were talking season two and stuff, like it's really hard not to feel for Kendall because Jeremy Strong is such a good actor and he like really invests you in him. Um, but how are you feeling about him right now? Now that like we, you know, like we kind of have some answers as to like what his, like what was the extent of his planning behind this? It seems mm-hmm. like he's kind of moving on the fly right now with some purpose, but like that this was a thing that came to him late is what he tells yeah. his siblings we know that like there's a lot of like sort of like the self-aggrandizing thing. He's like talking about some of the right stuff when he's sa- like not some of the he's talking about right the right stuff when he's like we saw bad stuff and we turned a blind eye and we need to pay for it and we need to do something better. But he's also like still very much in the like we will control the next phase of this. It's still our birthright. Like he seems to really be like I'm gonna be the CEO and like this is gonna be the thing. Are you feeling, um, are you still feeling uh, like uh, the same amount of like empathy for Kendall or is he starting to lose you at all? I guess. I think it's hard to because the ego is so strong with him and it feels really rash and hurried and you've watched him with substance abuse where you're like, eh, like I feel like you're a little trigger happy and a little all over the place, you know, and he has such a, a dynamite sort of sales pitch to his siblings things that like he's saying about what we're going to do in the next 10 years what this company can be but uh, you know I think they are rightfully concerned for obvious reasons um notwithstanding the fact that they are all very selfish and egocentric themselves but also because, like I said earlier, he has a history of kind of screwing stuff up. And, like, is he just going to, like, turn around and, like, watch this burn again? I don't know. Yeah. It's really hard to trust. And, of course, he's, like, running on adrenaline. Like, you can tell that he's just been up for a really long time talking and talking and talking, being really intense about all of this stuff. You know, we have all these different people in his ear. He keeps like being like, I have to talk with my legal team. And she's like, yeah, you got to sit down with us for like 12 hours. We need to hash this out. You could be, you know, given a subpoena any second, you know? So I think he's kind of in that early stage of like jump ship, need everybody to come on board with me. Let's figure this out. But what does this look like in two weeks from now? Yeah. What does this look like in three days from now? Yeah. He's definitely in like a really manic place. Yeah. And he's also like, he's being very cruel at the end of the episode. What he says to Connor, like, you're not yeah. wanted. You're not wanted. He's terrible to everybody. He's like, really, he's really, really horrible to Shiv. 
you're a girl. You count double now. Yeah. You only matter because of the teats. Which is like such an alarming thing. Uh, this is Antonio wrote in. Uh, uh-huh. Your friend and mine, Antonio, the great Antonio Mazzaro in the sky. Uh, said, did, did they have Kendall say the word teats because the writers wanted to spare him a modicum of dignity? Or is it because he's now a full on crazy person? <laughs> because like only a crazy person would like be saying it that way. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was a really funny question. I definitely had like a soured face when he said that. Yeah, it's like, like it's just your teats. Like, it was just like, whoa, <laughs> my God. I'm like, ew. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And the fact that he feels betrayed within a second and he drops everything to be very insulting and very cruel to each one of them. Like, again, poking the wounds kind of thing. But that's not how you want to end this. If anything, it could be like, you know what? I understand you guys having cold feet right now. This is a really drastic change. Take the night. Let's think about it. Let's talk tomorrow. Let's talk in a week, whatever. Um, but I also understand that, like, they don't have a normal father. Like, they, everyone's going to report back. They were very clear about saying that they were going to, whether they were actually intending to or not at the start of this. Obviously, Shiv's going to talk to Tom. Obviously, Roman's going to call Jerry. Um, Connor's just going to probably talk to his girlfriend and be like, I'm upset. No one includes mm-hmm. me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really hurt. I'm a public figure. Were you surprised that Connor said no, that he wasn't going to do this? No, I'm not. Because Connor would not have a life without Logan basically bankrolling everything he does. He's the tightest and closest to Logan in terms of a bank account. So he's not going to do anything to kind of bite the hand that feeds him. Yeah. And Even all, if but seems- also he's like he's like financially destitute right now because of the play right. and the presidential campaign. I think that it would have been a completely different tune if Shiv and Roman were on board. I don't think Connor would have gone against how that. Should, how should Kendall have done this? Did did he did he screw up by asking Connor first? I don't really know. Yeah, this is a question that we've been wrestling with. Yeah. Like, what was the move here? So what's the move? Like, what's the move? Like, what should he have done? Should like would it have gone differently if he had asked? I don't know, Shiv first or Roman first. Would it have gone differently if he'd actually given everybody a heads up? Yeah, like they're like, we had to find out about this in a press conference? Yeah, because I think everyone feels understandably hurt by that. But a heads up means a tip off to Logan potentially. You know? Exactly. This is classic survivor stuff, Emily. That like, you go for the blind side. Yeah, there's no way to move through this particular world without somebody catching wind of what you're doing if you even, like, let up for a second and let your guard down. Yeah. If you just have your loincloth in the breeze. If I hear so much as a mouse fart, you know, like, you know, like, any of that happens and, like, it's over. Because, like... Kendall's going on the on the family dime mm-hmm. and he's going to like do the press conference and stuff and like Logan is sitting there in waiting you know he's uh you know Kendall is still like uh like Carolina is still like you know doing the the PR for this and she's a company woman and so like who did like if he like at what point does he say to Roman and Shiv like I'm about to do this that he doesn't then get yanked from the opportunity yeah, there are you know? too many handlers involved. That's really what it comes down to. So, like, I think he does have to do it the way that he does it here. But, like, I think, like... At um, the expense of alienating literally everybody. Yeah. That's really what it comes yeah, down to. I do to. think that there's, like, a way to bring them in. But I think that it's it's it feels likely to me that Kendall does not have that gear within him. Well, he didn't think to strategize that specific part of this. Right. So... Now he's just grasping for straws. Yeah. Even if you have this huge 
army of of legal representatives and others involved you don't have the core yeah you ever see that movie no the core (laughs) when's that podcast coming out it's aaron eckhart and stanley tucci oh boy uh the core of the earth is melting down and they need to do (laughs) something about it it's like what are we gonna do go to uh, drill and restart the center of the earth we can't do that. And then Stanley Tucci says, but what if we could? Oh and then God. the rest of the movie happens. That's so silly. It's a horrible film. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that there was, I don't know what the right move is for for Kendall here other than maybe like readjusting his expectations yeah. of like. Um, and probably not cussing everybody out the second they say no. Yeah, that's where you really lose them forever, I think. Yeah. I do think that that's probably. Because there's a way to play hardball and to at least give people time to digest this without completely throwing everybody off. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not ideal. Not ideal. Do you think he ate a donut at the end of that episode? You know. Off camera? I have to tell you, just to go back to the donuts and then we'll probably leave him alone. <laughs> we'll probably inevitably come back to the very relevant donuts. Uh-huh. Um, the one that Connor has his eye on, he's like holding it. That's a Boston cream. Oh, no. I love that donut, do you think, though. Do you think that they picked that on purpose? Why? Why Boston a Boston cream? cream? People get shit for Boston creams. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I have one of my very love good- a Boston cream. One of my best friends from home loves a Boston cream, and we all made fun of her on the group well, text. sounds like you guys are terrible. We were like, wow, what an old lady donut to pick. Wow, why are you being so <laughs> mean? <laughs> The custard is so good. I mean, it is, but it's sort it's of so like, tasty. It's like an old Nana donut. It, well, listen, sign me up for old Nana's house. I'm coming <laughs> over and I'm eating the Boston cream. All right. All right. Uh, so I I hope that, uh, I mean, I don't know. Kendall like looks like he's not really eating much right now. Um, you know, we like we were, I said, he's just going off of pure adrenaline. Yeah. Which let me tell you, he's going to crash really hard in a, like a day. Yeah. And he, he's he, eating uh, saliva for dinner the way that Logan uh, says. Like, it's saliva for dinner. Ew. Which maybe he should have stuck with considering the salad was so grooty looking. Ugh. Looked really bad. Yeah. Looked really bad. All right, we've got a lot more that we want to get into. we got to talk about the rest of the Roy family. We're going to take one more ad break, and then we will be back, and we will finish out the feedback show. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Let's get back in. Let's talk this through from... Um, from Shiv's perspective. Uh, this is once again from Brendan Fitzpatrick. Okay. Um, Fitz writes in and he says, does the fact that every season so far seem uh, that Shiv seems to be getting the carrot stick treatment being led around by Logan, does it mean that she's more or less likely to actually wind up on top? Is the impact lessened because it seems like we've been cycling through this same exact phone call or scene with the two of them every single season? Um, where are you at with where we've landed with Shiv so far? There was like a fairly, not even a fairly, there was like a really big development at the end of this episode that I feel like so much is happening that it's almost like hard to like seize on this as the thing. Uh-huh. But she's uh, going to be president. Yeah. She's not going to be like, she's not taking over from dad. Uh, like she's not going to be the CEO that's going to, to Jerry, but she's going to be like, they're inventing this role for her. That's going to put her closer into the orbit, into the eye of the shit storm, but that she is going to be as Logan puts it shielded from the fallout by wearing the human hazmat suit known as Jerry, that Jerry (laughs) is centrally located to shock absorb the radiation so that Shiv survives the irradiation. Um, are you feeling like this is like this is pushing Shiv closer towards what it is she actually wants, or does this remain in tandem with the sort of like one step forward, two steps back journey that she seems to have been on since at the very least uh, season two? I mean, I'm sure it's going to implode on her spectacularly in some other fashion um, because one of the things that keeps getting brought up in the conversation of the four siblings earlier on in the episode is that she has no experience. You know, she's never really worked for the company to the extent that it would make sense for her to take over. And sure, creating a role for her is like classic nepotism within like a family structure of a huge company like this. But is that going to be enough to push her to the top? Well, what other crazy things are going to happen in the, in the interim that are going to, you know, keep her from being able to do that is jerry gonna not be willing to take all of that is there gonna be an upheaval from the brothers probably um you know is tom gonna find a way to screw this up because he's not on good terms with her you know but i thought that they rebalanced their love for yeah in quotations like that is such an I don't know why we're. Situation. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I feel like, uh, like he's kind of like in it to win it, but like not really. Yeah, and understandably so, coming from his perspective. What's the big deal? Like uh, you, we we hang up the phone with each other. I say love you, and you always say thank you. Right? Like <laughs> I don't know why this is such a big deal. Like it, you kind of keep seeing his heart break yeah. with her. And it's, that, it's that classic line from the season two finale. Yeah. I don't know if the sad I am I'd be without you is more than the sad I am with you. Yeah. Uh, like that question, that tension is away. still up there. That's yeah. not going to go away. That voice is going to get louder for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a question that we got from Marissa. Marissa okay. asking, are Tom and Shiv forever? Um, did they rebalance their love portfolio? Are they in a place where they're going to be much more eye to eye moving forward? Or you're really not, not really feeling like that. He married her under false pretenses. You know, he thought that this was going to be obviously something that was a power move for him, but I think he married her out of love, like genuine love. And she's just used him the way that everybody in this family uses each other. And that's, what's difficult to watch. Yeah. 
That's love in the Roy family, though. Of course it is. It's all transactional. Super dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, Dr. Amanda, again, uh, says, I have a theory that Shiv needs Tom more than Tom needs Shiv. I love that theory. Discuss, she says. And then she also added uh, a, a smiling face with smiling eyes emoji. Um, I know this because I copied the text directly, and apparently that's how the emoji translated in the formatting. <laughs> okay. Because the emoji's gone, but it is described as smiling face with smiling <laughs> oh, eyes. Oh, it's just written out? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that it, this is more of a situation that Shiv needs Tom more than Tom needs Shiv? Because I do think like that's sort of like... That's sort of like a, a, a contrarian view, probably from like the outside looking in of like but it has Tom, merit. Ha- Tom has entrenched himself deeper into the Roy family mm-hmm. and now he's more powerful because he's he's closer to the center of this orbit. Um, Shiva's family, like blood family, she's going to be more securely, at least in like the good graces of someone like Logan um, than than Tom's going to be, um, you know. Tom, like Shiv can get another Tom and still be part of the Roy's, but Tom, if he's cut, then he's out. But is that like positive? I don't know. Uh, well, he's one more vote for Shiv, right? So he can manipulate within the inner workings of things in ways that she can't access. I think that that is a big power play for her. Yeah. Um, whereas there are no other spouses or people of interest other than I guess you could call Jerry somebody that could vouch for Roman right but she kind of has her eyes and ears uh, and like fingers on the pulse of things through Tom um, and I think that he's a very powerful entity in cozying up to different parts of the company in ways that other other people just don't have that advantage um, she's also a woman yep and that does play out in this, obviously. So it's helpful for him to be there as like her cheerleader for a lot of this stuff too. So yeah, I do think that there is, that's like a very legit theory. Yeah. Uh, here's the other thing though. Tom needs Shiv to continue to vouch for him so that he doesn't get thrown to the wolves and sent to freaking jail. He probably will in the end in order to sacrifice himself for her. Um, and she's gonna wind him up in something. What like are the that. odds that this whole show just ends with like a everyone series going of to jail? No, because they're gonna have everybody fall around them first. That's it's how too this unrealistic. Works. Yeah, yeah, that's how this works. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be tied up in litigation for years and years and years, and a lot of other people that are prominent within the company, but are seemingly nobodies, will your fall. Your Franks, your Carls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all screwed. Yeah, totally. Uh, they're all, <laughs> they're all like deeply, deeply, deeply yeah. effed. Uh, your Hugos. Yeah. You know, like these are the people who will go down see first. See a Fisher. Uh, <laughs> see a Fisher. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you think then in terms of um, let me let me flip Amanda's question because you brought her up. Uh, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Does Jerry need Roman more than Roman needs Jerry or does Roman need Jerry more than Jerry needs Roman? I think that is a mutually beneficial relationship there because obviously Roman's as close as she's going to get to. I don't know, potentially figuring out what's actually going to happen to her and her role. But also she has Logan's ear. So she can be like, Hey, Roman's doing really well right now. Roman's doing this, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. It's a very unlikely pairing that we've watched, but I really love it. Yeah. (laughs) I think that their, their relationship is hysterical. 
who do you think sacrifices their partner first? Do you think that like Shiv would deep six Tom yep. before Roman yep. deep sixed Jerry? Yep. I think there's actual caring be- between Roman and Jerry in a weird kind of strange way. Whereas Shiv is cold and calculating and has been towards Tom historically in a lot of scenes and doesn't even really understand why Tom is so like needy and sensitive when like he's just being reasonable you and know asking, I'm sensitive. yeah, and asking her to to you know really think about her actions. She doesn't have that sort of wire, like she doesn't understand that that is something that's a problem that's missing from her. I think she just looks at him as like, oh, you're the weaker of the two. Do you you're think she's beta. not figuring that out? I think slowly, maybe. But she could also turn, you know, the other cheek and be like, oh, let me go find somebody else to marry. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I don't think it's going to require her to do a lot of soul searching or self-reflection in this regard. Maybe if she loses him in the long run and realizes how much of an asset he was to her. But in reality, I don't know. She's she's a user. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if it means that he's in the way of her getting more power, like, bye, you're disposable. You do me a favor mm-hmm. um, and power rank the four Roy siblings um, from a perspective of quality as a human being. Oh, God. I thought <laughs> you asked me to do this a couple weeks ago and I was like having a really hard time. Yeah, because we were doing that exercise for the preview show for this season of Succession. Yeah. And I was like curious for your answer. And you did give an answer that I don't fully remember, but I do think that part of the point here is like, this is like a shifting target. You well, know, it, it really is. does depend. Like, this is kind of like stock market stuff of like, you have to like gauge it, it after is. every episode. Yeah. I feel like we have a very volatile market here <laughs> and I'm just watching prices go up and down. Like Kendall, like wants the right things for the world, but is being a real asshole about it. And also is like, uh, being terrible to his siblings and is also like way too high. But on all his own of supply. them do this. Yes. With varying levels of caring about the world. Yeah. I think that's the the thing that's a little bit different between each person. Does that mean that you put Kendall at the top right Probably, now? Probably, because yeah. at least like he can like ramble something off that sounds remotely caring and empathetic. Uh-huh. Um, Shiv can kind of do that, but she's just so cold. Uh, I find Roman to be hilarious and great in a lot of ways, but just like a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that there's a level of like me really disliking Connor because like he's had every opportunity probably in the earlier he's days. He's shapeless. He's slime. Yeah. You know? He's just like a little sludge puddle. Like I can't believe he's running for president. That's like the most egocentric thing. He's not thing. supposed to do it anymore. Right. So, but uh, like we'll it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that he's like dating a woman that like he basically hired to be his girlfriend yeah. And she feels trapped and he can't. The whole see situation that. is awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. So I don't know. He's the worst. You've got Kendall at the top. So, but what are you doing with Shiv know. and Shiv, Roman is my Shiv question. Shiv and Roman kind of interchange. They, they swoop in and out because okay. I do enjoy Roman's regard for everybody in very childish ways, but he speaks a lot of truth to it. Whereas like Shiv acts like everything's fine puts up the united front kind of thing but then is like really calculating and difficult yeah 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 Yeah. and Uh, like i i understand that from like the the person like 
perspective of being the only female and wanting the same power and acting the same way as her her male siblings, but probably being undercut in her own way because they're like, oh, you're a woman you're and you're a bitch, right? right? Rather than being like, oh, she's really assertive. Like, she's calling people out. Like, look at her go. You know, that's something everybody has to contend with who's a woman. Did, so. you, did you have thoughts on that? Like to like kind of like follow that line down, like that scene when they're all in uh, Sophie's room and yeah. they're like having the conversation about we knew we knew like we knew those guys in the pool were gross. And yeah. like, you didn't get in the pool with them for a reason. She's like, I didn't get in the pool with them because I was 15. Um, and she's like saying, like, I didn't know. Um, what were your thoughts on all of that? Like, did you did you find that to be a fascinating scene? I mean, I do think it's interesting because there is a level of everybody trying to be hands off about it, but I have to imagine that everyone heard whispers about things. Um, her saying she didn't get in the pool with them because she was 15 tracks. I don't, I can't think of any 15 year old that would be like psyched to swim with a bunch of like gross old men from the company, from right. your father's company. Um, but was she probably sheltered from some of that? Maybe. You know, because she's a woman, that could have very well been part of this. Like, oh, it's it's guys talk. It's, you know, the locker room type of stuff. Even if it was like deeply troubling, traumatic, terrible stuff that was happening, did it find its way into her ear? We don't know. Yeah. But it's it's likely that it could have been withheld from her specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was great. Uh, a detail from the episode, an Easter egg that uh, we missed in our recap, and a couple people pointed this out. So shout out to Bonnie, who emailed us, and Kelly on Twitter as well. I'll read Kelly's. Um, Kelly said, I love the episode. Of course, love the recap. I love all the nuggets of humor planted within the show, like seeing Shiv has dad in her phone set with Saddam Hussein's photo. What? Did you track that? No. Yeah, I went back and looked, and there is the part where dad is calling yeah. Shiv, and it is a picture of Saddam Hussein that flashes oh up on her phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's very intense. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, that tells you everything. Yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, this is from Zach Brooks, as we're like kind of like pivoting back towards Logan a little bit. Um, Zach asks, what are the chances that you would put on Logan not surviving this season? It seemed like there was some ominous behavior and forgetfulness from him throughout these two episodes, like when he lost his cell phone. Um, I think that like, just to like start this one off, Em, uh, mm -hmm. is that like, I think that in our conversations about these two episodes so far, and this is a great, like, throw so much at us for us to, like, look at and talk about and think about that, like, this is one that maybe should be front of mind and right yeah. now kind of isn't, is that this dude's very severely unhealthy. Yeah. That he, it had, the whole show started <laughs> with his stroke. Yeah. And him being hospitalized and the question of succession coming up from that. Uh, and like he's he's not well. <laughs> he's had to like really pull his shit together. But like any minute now, Emily Fox, Logan Roy could literally explode. <laughs> or just drop dead. Like just explode into like a big flashy fluorescent display of gore. I mean, there was a salad. So like maybe he's <laughs> eating a little bit better. I but guess. I I, tend, I I don't know. Those like salami chunks in there oh, were yeah, pretty there savage. It was pretty savage. I the salad tend, was savage. I tend to think like if you've had a stroke, the worst thing you can do is expose yourself to uh, more stress. Yeah. And this has got to be some of the most stressful stuff he's dealt with 
especially after having had the stroke. I mean, I think there's been a ton of stuff. It's like a sign curve, you know, we're mounting, we're going back down again, but like, this is super stressful. This is like ultimate betrayal type stressful. Um, even if he's able to kind of reorganize and get everybody around him to huddle and sort of strategically put Shiv where she is and Jerry where she is, this is, this is tough stuff. I don't know. It might be something where we watch him get really pale and pass out a few times. Like I could see that happening, but also I think there's probably a level of like producers and everybody on the show loving Brian Cox so much as a character (laughs) that we want to see what he does and how much further he can take it. This is another reason why it's very good that the show takes place over the course of like a short period of time. It's not just because like the likely outcome of a lot of this is like people losing power and therefore like a reason to be like in the mix of the show, maybe to a certain degree, but also literally for Logan, like this dude's not long for life. Probably not. He will probably die soon. Dealing um, with Marsha is probably super stressful too. Oh yeah. How did you feel about Marsha's return? <laughs> lukewarm. Lukewarm. <laughs> Who's lukewarm? Uh, that like, you know, the longer that the show goes, uh, you know, uh, like if, if the, the longer that the show goes, if it starts speeding through time, the harder it's going to be to accept Logan's continued survival, literal survival. Um, but if I don't sh- know. He might have a second wind, you know? If the show is stretching on for a minute and, uh, like, still covering sort of, like, we're just, like, living the life of the Roys with them, um, like, there's a reason why. And, like, it is worth pointing out at this moment in time, Emily, that this is news that broke um, uh, since the, the recap podcast we recorded and posted earlier this week. Succession has officially been renewed for a fourth season. Yeah. Uh, there will be a fourth season of Succession. Uh, love it. Job security on the podcasting <laughs> side, folks, is a very beautiful thing. We love this. Um, <laughs> but uh, pointedly, uh, not uh, announced as like a fourth and final season, which I feel like would be the announcement if it was going to be like, it's the end. So like my, my instinct here uh, is that the show is um is gonna have at least another two seasons uh that like it's for sure gonna have a confirmed we're gonna do it we're gonna get it fourth season of the show um but i would strongly suspect that there will be a fifth season at least after that if not more um and from that perspective like i don't know can we go into like two more seasons without brian cox's logan on the show i don't know that you could do that i think you could do one season without logan but i don't know that you do two I don't know. I don't know. Could you imagine? Like, what does the show look like if Logan's not around? It's interesting, and I want to see it to some extent. (laughs) Three episodes where they're fighting at his funeral. I mean, the Logan Roy funeral episode probably should happen at some point. Yeah, it needs to. Um, And the fighting over his will, probate court. Oh, man. This type of stuff should happen (laughs) at some point. Really intense probate court. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I do think that Sounds like the most boring, prolonged thing. But, like, I do think that there's a level of that where, like, that's what everyone's fighting over ultimately, right? Yeah. This man not being around anymore. So what happens when this man's no longer around? Probably going to be the ultimate storyline. Are you psyched for the fourth season or is it too early? Like, I just, I mean, I love the show unless there's a crazy pivot that happens. That's sort of like a jumping up the shark. What would need to happen for you to stop loving succession? I don't know if like alien abduction, like a flying saucer drops in the middle of season three of succession. (laughs) It's happened in other shows. I don't know. I have no idea, Uh but it it would definitely be like a jump the shark type of thing that would throw me off. Yeah. You know, Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would take. Uh, Connor becomes a serial killer. <laughs> like, I don't know. 
Uh, no, that's Kendall's gig. <laughs> Who says I haven't killed someone? I know. I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. Whoops. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it to to my to my son Phil T uh, for the last one here. Okay. Uh, Phil Phil says, when should we expect an L to the OG diss track oh, from Kendall? No. Do you think we're gonna get something like that? Please no. Like Kendall's like because he's like he wants his like his Twitter to be hot fire. He wants his social media presence to be huge. It's so cringe. Now that when like he's we're moving like forward in time a little bit, right? Like we're into the next day. He's he's taking the meeting with Lisa Arthur when we leave him. Like if we start pushing into like days from now, is Kendall not tweeting out some sort of uh, else the OG uh, diss track? I feel like I can totally see this happening. Ugh, hyper cringe. Yeah, can't. Yeah, I can't and I won't. It writes itself. You could just do sort of like a dark beat version of L to the OG, because an L to the OG in this case, and we would be like a loss to the original gangster. Ew. An L to the OG. I can't. What do you think? No. Should I write this? Not interested. Do you want me to write and record and perform it? No, no. Phil I'm T, good. if you want to do a, a crossover uh, no. succession wand off. No. I think we would call it the wand off uh, still, except we would uh, spell it R O Y N D O F F uh, and pronounce the Roy as a wa. Oh like, a, like a French uh, pronunciation there. Uh, I'm open to it. <laughs> Would you sing? A, I, I love that journey for would you. Would you sing a backing track, Emily? No. no, no. I'm not on here to sing. I'm not <laughs> here to rap. I am here to give you my opinions. Thank you very much. Um, this was a final one. Uh, how about this bonus uh, from Marissa? And this really speaks to a lot of the discourse that's been happening within the Post Show Recaps patron community. Uh, support the arts. Go to Patreon.com/slash/PostShowRecaps. Um, this came up uh, about the danceability of the succession theme song highly danceable song emily um <laughs> i don't think it is emily we never skipped the succession theme song no would you ever want to skip the succession theme song no i really like it yeah i don't think it's highly danceable for me at least sure sure but like if you let's say the remote control is in your hand on uh -huh. a sunday night uh-huh and we're watching on hbo max yeah and that little purple... And we have to wait 20 minutes for it to upload because little, HBO Max doesn't release it right away. That little box within the, in the right-hand corner yeah. that says skip shows up. And you've got the control and it's, it's, you know, it's Sunday night. I don't like to skip. You're not going to skip the I succession theme song. I think it's a good opening. I, I really enjoy it. Cool. Why? No, you're back on. Am I a monster? You're, you're back on the podcast full time. Oh, okay. Uh, you're hired again. Wow. Are other people skipping? Yeah. Listen, we'll some things are worth skipping when it's like time. too long, and mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I got it. But this is always like a pump up. Like it gets you going. I agree. Yeah. I agree. There's a there's a thought. Your that parents have a piano, and I tried to figure out how to play this. There's a thought that it's too <laughs> long. The theme no, song. No, no, no. Okay. Good. All right. Just wanted to ask. Um, and we, any other thoughts on succession before we wrap up? I'm just excited to see what happens next. Do you have a prediction? Do you have like one? Like give me like one shot in the dark. He's going to go on a Coke bender. Kendall. Is he not already? Well, he's going to keep doing it. Okay. Well, I mean, we haven't seen him do drugs for like a little bit. Right. He's but in, I'm sure that that's how he's staying awake. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's implied, right? I mean, I would assume so. Uh-huh. Um... I don't know. I think I think it's going to magically explode on him. Yeah. 
Like, you don't think this is going to end well for Kendall? I can't imagine that it will. Yeah. Because, like, it historically never does, and why would it be any different now? Do you want a hot take? What? I think that this show loses Kendall as a character before it loses yeah, Logan do you think as he's a character. Die? I don't know about death. Could be jail. Um, I could. I can imagine the world where Kendall is gone from succession before Logan he couldn't is take gone. It, yeah. Yeah. I think it's possible. I agree. Like I, I think he's. I just... think that succession can like have like uh the I, I think that succession eventually can can exist without both Logan and Kendall at a certain point in time. Um, but I can I can see like Kendall uh that he's gonna flame out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna you can't operate on this level and and be constantly shut out by your family and your father and and have all these things continue to just destroy you without there being some spectacular failure yeah yeah and that's what sucks because we're just watching it happen in front of us and it's highly entertaining and super interesting to kind of like understand the different moving parts of it but also intense and terrible yeah does it mean that he's gonna like move to the country and have like a goat farm or something like i also, I also think that sounds that like be... a peaceful journey for him to be honest with but you. he wouldn't be able to handle it no no but i think i would prefer that for him ultimately yeah. i would like for him to like he's just a yeah. he's he's a really dark and sad character yeah so i i can only see that a dark happening. and sad ending yeah yeah exactly very likely um mm-hmm. all right follow emily on the twitter machine she is at emlet that's like an omelet but with an E instead of an O. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily Fox can be found on 24, Worst Day Ever, <laughs> a really fun podcast that Emily and I do. Also, Emily, Sex in the City uh, is coming back in the form of And Just Like That, and yes. you and I continue to threaten uh, to the point of it's, a, it's becoming a pledge that when that show comes back, Emily Fox and I will present, I don't know about weekly coverage, we'll see. <laughs> We have to get an idea of what some it's form be of like. podcast yeah, will occur. I think so. When uh, when the when the Sex and the if City gals hear, sans if, Samantha. If, if nothing else, to hear Steve Brady's voice uh, come out. Ah, of your Miranda. Mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we probably need more of that in our lives. Yeah. Uh, so uh, lots of stuff from from Emily Fox. Generally, you're doing great. Yeah. I'd say so. No complaints. Thank yeah, you very much. No complaints. Yeah. Um, generally, you're all doing great. We're all having a great time talking about succession right now. We hope that you're enjoying the coverage. We're certainly enjoying providing it and doing it. We love talking about this show here on Post Show Recap. So that is going to continue uh, moving forward. If you want more feedback shows, let me know. And if you've got more feedback for succession, let me know. Josh at postshowrecaps.com. I think we could pull in a bunch of other guests throughout the season. Could be fun to check in with a bunch of different perspectives on succession. So, uh, so write in and, uh, let me know what you're thinking about all of that. Other than that, we are going to be coming back with our succession season three, episode three recap coming up on Monday, November 1st. Uh, the next episode is called The Disruption, Emily. Yeah. So we'll see what that's all about. Who's the disruptor? <laughs> well, none What's of this has felt like it hasn't been a disruption. That's what I so said I'm on like, the last podcast. Yeah, so I'm like, ooh. I was like, what's the disruption? Yeah. This has all been just like a nonstop amount of disruptions. What if it's Greg? <laughs> Actually, yeah. I have an idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want that for him. Actually, I might have lost all of the papers. Yeah, that's a disruption. <laughs> that's a disruption. Um, Emily, thanks so much for coming by. I know thanks people are going to be psyched me. to have heard from you on Succession. Uh, we would love to do it again. Yeah. I'd uh, love to get you back on later in the season for Sounds sure. Sounds great. Um, all right, folks, we'll be back with our episode three recap in just a couple of days. Until then, take care. Oh, this is when I'm supposed to say F off. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.